Bhagavata. So it's the 28th of September 2022. So talking about these minds of ours. So why is it that when they have a sensory experience, why are they not intelligent around that? Why do they not see the drawbacks and the harm of attachment? Why don't they see the danger of this suffering? This feeling ill at ease in our bodies and minds, the distress we experience in our hearts. Why do we not see that? Why don't we see suffering? What's the reason? It's because of the delight. It's getting lost in the things of this world that we find pleasurable, that we get gratification out of, out of these sights and sounds and tastes, odors, tactile sensations, and these ramanas that appear within the mind. And this gives rise to delight, delighting here, delighting there. So sometimes we experience difficulty and pain and suffering, but soon afterwards we forget, because that state has arisen and then has gone away already. And it's the delusion that brings this mind to go between birth and death over and over again in the cycle of samsara that goes for a very long time. And so we've been born so many times and we can't find a beginning to that, it's so long. Because these knowing elements have been born and they've died over and over again. So the number of fully self-awakened Buddhas who have reached enlightenment has been many, it's many, many millions. And each of them had to build their parami for a very long time as well. So therefore we can see just how many times this mind of ours has been stuck going between birth and death, staying in this cycle. And so why is it that we don't see the truth as such a Dhamma? And if we don't see that, then our ignorance will take us to be born and then die again. And we can't count how many lives that will happen for being born and then dying, getting born and then dying traveling around in samsara many, many times. When the Buddha destroyed the delusion in his mind, there was nothing that could make his mind be born again. But for us, it's like we've built up the ridge pole there in our minds, this ridge pole of ignorance. So when we see samsara, we start seeing it for what it is then we gain this inspiration to practice. And each person goes about practicing, goes about building their inspiration. And we can help each other do this as well. So we may see other people practicing. We wonder, well, why don't I have that kind of energy? We see that this person does it, that person does it. And some people think, well, I can't do it. But what we should think is, why shouldn't I be able to do it as well? 
And so we can raise each other up like this, help to pull each other up. Having this sincerity, helping each other like this. And so our eyes see these kinds of forms, we hear these kinds of sounds, and faith comes up. This inspiration gets uh, created in the hearts. And we gain this inspiration to free ourselves from suffering, because that happens due to our efforts. And so we walk meditation, sit meditation. So here at Wat Mapchan, recently been um, circumambulating the chedi 108 times. And if they, if we take the long kind of road that goes around the jetty, that takes four and a half hours or six hours to do 108 rounds. But if we do it up at kind of um, the base of the jetty, it takes about three hours. So if we do this once and realize we are able to do this, our bodies have that strength. And so we can take up this practice and do it once a week for three hours like this. Or every day we can walk around the jetty for one hour. But we should do that with mindfulness as well, having our mindfulness there, until our bodies feel very buoyant. And when we walk with the lots of mindfulness, staying mindful, then the body becomes light, the mind becomes light as well. And when the body and mind are in a state of ease like this, then we can walk without feeling tired. And this shows that samadhi has arisen. Mindfulness is continuous. Samadhi is well established. And so this is all meeting the requirements for samaditi, for right view. For seeing into suffering, the cause of suffering, its cessation, the path leading to that cessation seeing the drawbacks in samsara, and this brings up our effort to practice. So like those who have renounced the world, who have ordained, and those wise beings, they have patient endurance. They're able to endure with all painful feelings. They speak little, they sleep little, awakening themselves through efforts, eating little, speaking little, trying to restrain their minds, having this inner composure. Because when the mind receives a sense impression already, then it attaches and this becomes a cause for suffering. So therefore we should contemplate to see the drawbacks in this, to see the harm in samsara. Just like Venerable Yasa, before he ordained, he had this delight and this delusion in his possessions and the things that he had. But then he saw how these things couldn't stay for long. So he went to find and seek out a path of practice. Even though there was happiness there in his life, there was also this inner chaos as well. <clears throat> he saw the people around him as being beautiful, but then that perception shifted and he saw them as being unattractive and became fed up with all of it. And so he sought out peace until he met the Buddha. And he saw the drawbacks in this delight, in this lust, listened to the Dhamma and reached stream entry. 
So in this practice, we raise up our bharami, our spiritual virtues, until our spiritual faculties gain strength and energy. So that we can see into not-self. And when we see this clearly, then we see the Dhamma. But firstly, we need to cultivate our bharami first. We need to bring up faith and belief in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, until this is full. We need to bring up our efforts. For those people who have faith already, and they practice and experience this peace of heart already, then effort will arise by themselves, and they don't need to force themselves. Initially, however, we do require that force, do need to control ourselves to bring up that effort, because it doesn't arise all by itself. And we carry on doing that until that turns into a trait, a part of our nature that we have. And then when peace arises, then we don't need to force anymore. We don't need to tell ourselves, our minds tell itself to practice. And we just, we're just aware of that. And we walk meditation, sit meditation without feeling tired. And those people who have peace are like this. When it's time to chant, they chant. When it's time to meditate, they meditate. They sit, they walk, bring up their effort like this. Virya lampa. So this is virya effort plus alampa, which means uh, to put forth. So this put, putting forth of effort, doing this continuously, developing mindfulness, in the end samadhi becomes firm. And then wisdom arises without our needing to think about this. It just comes up. And we transcend the world, seeing all things as being conventions. Vimuti, liberation arises. It's really incredible here. So I've spoken about this many times already, at the time that I listened to the Dhamma and wisdom arose. I was contemplating into that teaching that Venerable Ajahn Chah was giving. He was talking about samuti and vimuti, its convention and liberation. And if we see conventions in their truth, then we see liberation. And we're able to be freed from wrong view. This view of me and mine. Through seeing that all things, all material things, are just conventional. But initially we don't know that. From the time that we were born, we thought that these things are real. They really are this way. We really have monasteries and huts and dharma halls and cars and houses. That these things are true. And we have never known before that it's just four elements. That these things need to break apart. They can't endure. They don't have any owner. We've never known this before. And just like this body, and previously we never knew that this body, it's not me, it's not mine. From the time that we are born, we've been taking it as being me, belonging to me. And then we compare ourselves with others constantly. And this is a continuous cause of suffering to arise within the hearts. And so those people who have a lot of wealth, 
then they have one kind of feeling about that. People who have little perceptions, then they have another kind of feeling. They may feel less important, they may feel like they're not worth much. But those who have a lot, perhaps they attach to that a lot. So if we have the Dhamma, see the Dhamma, then we can contemplate into these things, these things that we haven't known truly before, that we've always thought about them as being me, belonging to me. But then we see clearly that they really are not self. We realize that, oh, it's just like this. And that truth enters into our hearts, and they become radiant through this clarity. We're able to let go and transcend the world. So when we gain this understanding, then our doubts disappear. These doubts that we can have for such a long time in this practice. And so when I used to listen to the Dhamma of Ajahn Chah, then my doubts would reduce. And I'd contemplate into that until the mind can reach a state of emptiness. And so we do that, we contemplate like this, and reaches this emptiness, the mind becomes awakened, we understand that it's like this, emptiness is this way. So the various forms of jnana, of knowledge, appear here. These five, or sorry, these nine vipassana jnanas, these um, insight knowledges. So we may read about them in the scripture, but when they appear within our own minds, that we understand that they really are this way, that these are the vipassana jnanas. There's joy that arises, there's faith that appears, and these fill up the heart, and the mind becomes very firm. We see that all things in this world, they're just temporary, they don't last long, they don't have any owner, and we have to leave all of these things. And so, no matter how much value they may have, we see that they have less value than a mind that is joyful and bright, than a mind that has happiness. And we gain this, this happiness from understanding the Dhamma. So, practitioners need to get to the point to this point, to reach here. In the beginning, however, we need virtue, keeping our precepts well. And this virtue is a noble wealth. So we have the wealth of generosity, the wealth of sila, and of listening to the Dhamma. There's this Dhamma of samadhi, Dhamma of wisdom, being firm in our efforts. And if we put forth our effort in this way, without stop, then we must see the Dhamma. So we see that the things of this world, they don't last long. Our lives as well in this world doesn't last long. There are many dangers. There are floods and earthquakes and fires. Many different disasters that can appear that can break our possessions, our homes. And so they don't stay for long. And the people in this world are like this too, always moving closer to old age, sickness and death. 
So there was one venerable arahant, the time of the Buddha, and he was asked by King Kauravya why it is that he ordained. And he answered that in this world there is no leader, that old age, sickness and death drag all beings away. And so all beings need to go away. That this is enforced upon them, which means that no one wants to go, but everyone has to go. It's like when there's a war, and no one wants to sign up and go to war, but they're forced to by the government. There's a conscription. So no one wants to go, because it's dangerous, but people are forced to go. And so it's like this, with us leaving this world, that we need to go, we're forced to go, we're dragged away. It's like how we need to get sick, no one wants to get sick. So we see this happens to the generation of our grandparents, and then we see it happen to the generation of our parents, and then it becomes our turn. And so the people born in this world, perhaps um, our children, they're born and they get older as well. And they experience these things too. And so no one stays. So we should contemplate this, seeing things in this way, understanding the Dhamma like this. So when we see these dangers and these drawbacks, then we should really go for it in the practice, really meditate, really trying to be very mindful. And in the end, sila, samadhi and panya, this virtue, collectedness and wisdom gather together and we understand clearly, seeing how all things are conventions and vimuti arises. You see that all things are just conventions that arise and cease and just that, they don't have any self. There's no being, no individual, no me, no you. And so may all of you set your hearts on this practice.